Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific time, which means it's still dark outside. We've had um, freezing rain over the night with a dusting of snow on the top of that, so we're all being nice and safe and cozy here. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. And I'm welcoming you to this TR90 call. If uh, you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast. If you put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and either TR90 or Solutions, the Digit 4, Anti-Aging, all pushed together, they could pop up, and they are archived back more than 11 years now. If you want to catch us live, if you dial in to 712-775-8972, and when it prompts for the code, put in 910022, you are welcome to join us live. When you're first starting out with that TR90 program, it's a um, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. 30 minutes of moderate to have the exercise at least five days a week. That's part of that lifestyle change that we're going for. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> like I said, it's been, it's been chilly here. We've been down into the 20s. Um, having uh, 30 minutes of moderate to have the exercise, whatever type of exercise you choose, I like to mix it up between the aerobic and the balance um, weight-bearing just to keep a good balance going for my body system because I know as I'm getting older, I want to make sure that I don't have any falls and any balance issues as I get older. With that being said, um, seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day, that will give you macronutrients, micronutrients, fiber. Um, guys need to be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. As ladies, we need about 32 grams of fiber for good digestive health and keep that digestive tract going healthy. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night is also, I would highly recommend it because it actually, your body does a whole bunch of system resets at various stages while you're sleeping. And... It helps set your brain up for making really good decisions the next day, storing memories, um, both muscle memories and uh, memories that you may have. So really that, I consider that kind of one of the pillars that's unspoken, but really I would highly encourage it. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, if at all possible. If you're not able to do it, take them with your meals. Still work. Um, not quite as effective as it could be, but it still works, and that's the important thing. With that being said, I think I've covered everything that we need to cover. 30 grams of protein and at least three of those meals. Yep. Um, I'm sharing some information out of a book that's called That Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And um, today we're actually getting into stress and quote-unquote comfort food. 
And I'm going to actually read the little um, vignette that it starts this one out with. Jamie is 13 years old, and when she was five, she developed a hypothalamic brain tumor, which was surgically removed. In the subsequent seven years, she gained 160 pounds to a maximum weight of 242 pounds. Her oral glucose tolerance test showed a massive insulin release consistent with hypothalamic obesity. On an experimental protocol, our surgeons, and realized that Dr. Lustig, when he was doing this, actually was working at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, performed an experimental operation on Janie, which cut her vagus nerve. In the nine months following the surgery, she lost 22 pounds, reducing her hunger, and had more energy and felt much better. Then she disappeared from the clinic for nine months. When she returned, she'd regained the 22 pounds and was back up to her maximum weight. She stated that the surgery had removed her hunger, but how and why did she gain all of that weight back? It turns out she switched schools in sixth grade. The schools and the kids in the new school hurled insults, calling her fatso, Miss Piggy, and the blob. Despite a lack of hunger, the stress of her new situation caused her to eat incessantly. Jamie switched to a new middle school where she got along better with her peers and lost the weight again. This poor young lady is triply cursed. First she gets a brain tumor, then she gets obese as a complication of the brain tumor, and to top it all off, she's had the misfortune of being a teenager, possibly the worst of the three. Even though we did our best to treat the girl's biochemical difficulty, the social difficulty turned out to be even more potent. I take care of kids for a living, and while the majority of them are cute and adorable, some kids can be downright mean, especially adolescents. Bad behavior is de rigueur nowadays. How many movies out of Hollywood play on this advantage? Rent Mean Girls, 16 Candles, or Can't Buy Me Love in case you've forgotten what high school is like. Maybe it's the testosterone and the estrogen of puberty that makes some teenagers angry and turns them into bullies. Perhaps they build themselves up by taking other kids down with degrading remarks and slurs. Maybe it's their upbringing. They see how their parents handled social situations and issues and they emulate them. Beware the mothers of the PTA in the San Fernando Valley. But I do know one thing. Many kids and adults respond to psychological stress by eating. Coincidence with the rise in obesity throughout our society is the increased prevalence and severity of psychological stress. Two mechanisms by which stress leads to obesity are stress-induced eating and stress-induced fat. Deposition. Both animals and humans have been documented in increasing their food intake following stress or negative emotions, even if the organism is not hungry. Further, the type of food eaten tends to be high in sugar, fat, or in both of these things. There's a load of evidence that humans are more stressed today than we were 30 years ago, which correlates directly with the expansion of our waistlines. Cortisol, can't live with it, can't live without it. 
The relationship between stress and obesity and metabolic disease begins with a hormone called cortisol, which is released by your adrenal glands located on the top of your kidneys. This is perhaps the most important hormone in your body. Too little cortisol, or cortisol and you can die. If you're missing any other hormone in your body, growth, thyroid, sex, or water-retaining hormones, you'll feel lousy and your life will be miserable, but you won't perish. But if you're missing cortisol, you can't handle any form of physical stress. As David Williams stated in 2008 in the PBS series, Unnatural Cause of Stress Helps to Motivate Us. In our society today, people or everybody experiences stress. The person who has no stress is the person who is dead. The acute rise in cortisol keeps you from going into shock when you dehydrate and improves memory and immune functions, reduces inflammation, and increases vigilance. Normally, cortisol will peak in a stressful situation when you're being chased by a line or your boss is yelling at you for not getting the memo. Cortisol is necessary in small doses and in short bursts. Conversely, long-term exposure to large doses of cortisol will also kill you. It'll just take longer. If pressures, social, familial, cultural, etc., are relentless, the stress responses remain activated for months or even years. When cortisol floods the bloodstream, it raises blood pressure, it increases blood glucose level, which can precipitate diabetes and increases the heart rate. Human research shows that cortisol specifically increases caloric intake of comfort foods, i.e. that chocolate cake that's calling your name, and cortisol doesn't cause just any old weight gain. It specifically increases the visceral fat which is the fat deposit associated with cardiovascular disease and metabolic syndrome. Beginning in the 1970s and lasting for more than 30 years, the seminal Whitehall study, quote unquote, charted the health of 29 million or 29,000 British civil servants. In the beginning, the scientists hypothesized that the high power executives would have the highest rates of heart and coronary disease. The opposite proved to be true. Those on the lowest on the totem pole exhibited the highest levels of cortisol and, and of chronic disease. This held true not just on the bottom rung. The second person down on the social ladder had a higher likelihood of developing diseases like the person on the top rung. And the third had a higher disposition than the second, and so on. Death rates and illness correlate with a, with a low social status, even after controlling for behavior, for example, smoking. The same holds true in America. The prevalence of diseases such as diabetes, stroke, and heart disease are highest among those who suffer the most stress, namely the middle and lower class Americans. These stressors are acutely felt in children as well. Almost 20% of American children live in poverty. The lifelong consequences of food and housing insecurity are toxic to the brain and alter its architecture early in life. 
In particular, cortisol kills neurons that play a role in the inhibition of food intake. Whether one builds a strong or weak foundation in childhood is a great determinant of later, later health and eating patterns. Thus, childhood stress increases the risk of obesity during adolescence and adulthood. Some of the factors associated with lower thresholds for stress and higher cortisol reactivity are low economic status, job stress, being female, scoring high in dietary resistance, a measure of the chronic dieting, and an overall lack of power and confidence. Taking three buses to get anywhere, working two or more jobs, figuring out how to put food on the table, and not knowing whether you will be able to pay the rent all significantly affect not just your state of mind, but also your physiological state. And if you're not Caucasian, the stresses associated with racism will double these health effects. African Americans and Latinos suffer from higher mortality rates of nearly every disease than their white counterparts. While there are certain genetic influences, stress plays a major role in health disparities among the races. And I think I'm going to leave it there for today. Um, I'll pick up with this on Monday. I want to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah and a happy um, and Merry Christmas. We look forward to seeing you back here on Monday. This is Susan Mann for December 23rd, 2022, signing out. And have a fabulous day. And if you get a chance, get out and get some exercise. That fresh air really does help clear out some of the detritus. Also, if you're looking for a product that will help with the cortisol, try New Skin's Cortitrol because that does help. And Cortimax, that also helps to reduce that cortisol. With that being said, have a great day. And I'm going to you. Thoughts or questions you may have. And if there's no thoughts or questions or comments, I'm going to let us all go for an early weekend. Have a great day. I hope that remember all things in moderation and consistency is the key to making this plan work and being very consistent about the exercise and eating properly and getting good rest really does make a difference. Have a great day.